time, time for the Burning River Sportscast. The playoffs are all but over and the stage is set. Chiefs, Eagles, two teams go in, one team comes out. Who you got? Of course, we'll have to wait one more week to see it all unfold as players ramp up for the Pro Bowl games? And meanwhile, in the snow-covered suburb of Berea, the Browns' brain trust is eyeing significant off-season moves. Who's staying? Who's coming? And who's going? Plus, we say goodbye to an old friend. And we break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast! I took a dump before the show. I'd take that. Yeah, we, we took a big shit on Cincinnati this week in our in, in our social medias, and people were not happy about it. More on that later. F them. F them all. You want to see their packages. <laughs> Shirley from Laverne and Shirley died today. Oh, no. Yeah. That's just another in a long line of celebrities <laughs> that have died this year. Name another. Uh... <laughs> Kick-tack-toe. Um, you know, very punny. Yeah, but there's a lot of cholesterol, though. <laughs> well, hopefully something funny happens. Someone's dong falls out. I don't know. Something good. Um, <laughs> and then we will... See. John Goodman's the greatest American actor of all time. Fight me. Welcome into the Burning River Sportscast, presented by Tappan Media. I'm Kenny Thunder, seated, as always, right beside the former Mayville Chili Cook-Off champion and future astronaut, Red Hot Ronnie Jams. Ronnie, can you remind our friends where they can find the best podcast in the galaxy? They can find our podcast wherever they get their podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, <coughs> Pocket Cast, Castro, and so many more. So many more. Yo, did you see the Maryland girl? That found a megalon, megalon, megalodon tooth. How do you? I can't say megalodon. It's megalodon. So megalodon tooth. Did you see it? Um, I'm vague. I'm vaguely familiar. Do you have the story? Yeah. So, uh, nine-year-old Molly Sampson was out with her family in Chesapeake Bay on Christmas morning, and she went out to the beach and she said, "I'm gonna find a megalodon tooth." As most kids would. Yeah, absolutely. Less than thirty minutes later, she did just that. Uh, she, this girl wants to be a paleontologist when she grows up. She, she actually knows a decent about about a decent amount about megalodons. Um, so who, who as, doesn't? I mean, right. Uh, so as soon as she saw this thing, she started screaming. Out. She's like, "It's a megalodon tooth! It's a megalodon tooth!" <laughs> and her family was like, "All right, well, maybe we should get this checked out." She actually is a pretty smart kid. So um, they took it to a museum. Um, where they did confirm that it was a megalodon tooth. Uh, it was one of the largest to ever be found in that area, and they also say it came from the upper left jaw of a megalodon, which was likely 45 to 50 feet long and lived roughly 15 million years ago. Um, and now young fossil hunters are emailing this girl, hailing her as a hero. So it's, it's pretty cool. But I mean, the, the story came out just this week, even though it happened on Christmas, because they, they confirmed that it was a megalodon. Tooth. Talk about speaking it into existence. Right. Less than 30 minutes later. I'm going to find a megalodon tooth. Yeah. I got two things to say about this story, though. One, megalodons were just 45 to 50 feet long. <laughs> they were quite big. Like, can you imagine... A great white shark, but that big? Like, they're uh, already big enough. Really, really big. In fact, um, the word megalodon literally means giant tooth or big tooth. They're, well, they had big ones. They had big teeth. Yeah. So, in second, here's my <coughs> question to you. Uh-oh. It's actually a two-parter here. <laughs> Part one. Answer this one first. Do you think a megalodon could still be out there? 
Um, just given that we like we haven't explored the deepest depths of the ocean, like are you just the probability of is yeah. there still one existing? Like Megalodon the movie, do you think that's that might be legit? I mean, <laughs> you go down through the fog and there's just a megalodon there. Don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's so, spoiler alert. I uh, I would say this is that I don't think there's a megalodon left because they've by all counts. Uh, went extinct like 30 million years ago. Uh, it's a long time to kind of not have a sighting <laughs> of a megalodon. But that being said, we have not ventured into some of the deepest, darkest, cavernous places inside of the ocean. Um, you know, we've joked before about, you know, it's said that uh, we know more about space than we do about the ocean. Like that's kind oh, of yeah. a scary thought given that we live here. Um, but so I, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that there are legitimate monsters down there <laughs> i just don't know that there are megalodons all right so that was that was part one so no megalodons that's that's your feelings on that here's part two the ocean is big and we don't know a lot about it as you just said what kind of fucking scary things do you think are out there man? oh my god so this is the, the scariest, scariest things. things holy shit like talk about something i'm afraid of the ocean <laughs> is what i'm afraid of i i've told people multiple times i'd rather go to space <laughs> <laughs> go to the ocean. That's why you're going to be a future astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> like I would, which is weird because I kind of want to go on a cruise, but I think you stay close enough to, <laughs> to land. Cruises kind of go out, get out there, man. You look around and there's no uh, land for a yeah, while. I know, but still like we could still possibly be saved. I don't know. Um, like I'm probably not taking the Titanic because it sank first of all, but <laughs> like I'm not going across the ocean because you get out there way in the middle and you won't be saved. Uh, I was just looking at the Titanic thing the other day because like they were so close to making it. Like I, tra- I tracked their <laughs> like eighty seven percent of the I way. Tracked their yeah, voyage. They were so close, but beside the point, um, <laughs> there are undoubtedly absolute monsters down there. Things that are probably scarier than Megalodon. So how's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen like the videos of like an octopus just like squeezing into random things and like choking stuff oh, out? Oh yeah. Or like, like imagine that, but like fucking huge. Really, really like, the big. biggest fucking squid you ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm terrified of the ocean. Uh, it's uh yeah. And you can never see what's around you. I mean, amazing, amazing creatures, right. To just the, the thought, like you said, the, the sheer size of these things. And it's funny because really the way we gauge size of ancient creatures like that is through fossil records, but yeah. fish don't really have like bones like, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex did. So really everything that we've kind of judged the size of the Megalodon off of is just... The, I like that you said Megalodon. Me- Megalodon. Megalodon. Is the size of its like teeth. Because they were like eight inches long. Yeah. And they're like, you would have to have a really, really big mouth to, eat, to have yeah. a... a yeah, I mean, they've big. never really, to my knowledge, I guess we'll have to check that. They found like a <coughs> Megalodon skeleton. <laughs> no, no. So... Um, and so it's just, yeah, an impressive creature. I mean, when you think about like a whale shark is probably the closest thing that we can even to like to a, get to, yeah. get to, to a, what a megalodon would well, have that's, been. That's the crazy thing. But, Isn't a megalodon, um, put some sort of chart up here. Uh, that's size comparison. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause isn't it like, like as big as like a blue whale or bigger than a blue whale or something? Um, well, I don't know that it was quite that big. Because it would have been, because they're what, 60 feet long? And I think a blue whale can be like 100 feet long. Okay. 
blue whales. That's a whole other story. <laughs> those those actually live in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Like we know they're there. Like have you seen the videos of those just popping up next to people or on people and yeah. like just like oh there's a, there's a fucking whale here. <laughs> we have to bleep so much of the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. The ocean really gets me going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whales are whales are. I mean, just the thought of a fish that big. Yeah. Like what do you what do you I even do? Like it's big know. enough that it can swallow you basically whole. <laughs> We're on the verge of swallowing this entire show with this topic. So um, uh, we, what, it's, it's interesting though. The, the final thing that I would point yeah. out is just, uh, <laughs> I had to reel us in a little bit. <laughs> just in no terms pun intended. Of, uh, you think about a creature that's this big and this, I mean, this was the apex predator on the planet. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's almost this kind of like microcosm or like uh, allegory to, uh, accumulating wealth and power and like what happens at the end of the day, because, Megalodon got so big that it had to consume like 2,500 pounds of food a day. That's like 100,000 calories a day to live. And you just ran out of things to eat. (laughs) Not enough. They were too big and there wasn't enough stuff to eat. Yeah, it's just... Um, it's just wild. <laughs> I saw that story and I immediately went to, uh, oh, megalodons are pretty big. And then from there I went to the oceans. It's terrifying. It's oh, the worst. It is terrifying. <laughs> That's true. Anyways, uh, we'll get started with the show here. Let's kick it off with the Burning River Rundown. Thanks, thanks you all for joining Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't got that fired up for a opening topic yet. That was look, I love going. I love sharks. There's nothing better. I always say there's nothing better than seeing sharks in the ocean. <laughs> he has said that since we and were like Shark 14. Week. Shark Week is my favorite time of year. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so stories of note for the Browns this week. Uh, <sighs> always start with the Browns in the Burning River Rundown. Uh, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, and Joel Batonio. Uh, we're already going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, that we we actually hadn't hadn't even touched on that. Bad on Go, us, golf but, clap. But yeah, good good job, guys. And now Wyatt Teller has been added to the Pro Bowl roster. Uh, Excellent. He, he was originally an alternate, uh, and is now replacing Joe Thuney. Is it Thuney? 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 The yeah, Thuney. Thuney from the Chiefs. Speaking of um, Wyatt, um, our Wyatt Christmas card fell down. We got to fix that. Hold please. Wyatt's back now. We're good. Hold please. All right. So, um, yeah, so so Wyatt Teller has, has joined the ranks. Um, but here's the deal. Like, I know we'll get into this a little bit later. <coughs> Why are Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio even going? It's flag football. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of contests. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do, a strongman contest? I don't even but, You're going to go through the lineup later. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through that it. later. I do think the most interesting thing, though, is like you said, it's what do the linemen do because – I suppose you could put them up there and have them pancake each other uh, for fun. <laughs> like I feel like where, while they, they think uh, flag football is much safer, and it probably is, it might actually be more dangerous for the linemen because like, they're just – like I don't even know what they're doing. They're, there's no pads. They're <laughs> I mean, just like running into each other. The only thing that might be fun would be like if they have – I guess if they have – like different packages, like maybe they'll have to sub in. Big, you want to see their packages? <laughs> you'll have to sub in <laughs> the jumbo package. Yeah, and it'll just be all linemen running routes against linemen <laughs> like that. What maybe was, maybe was, that's how they're going to do it. What was the uh, John Madden quote from the replacements? Because you get a big man spike and a big man dance. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So so good on them. We now have four Pro Bowlers from the Browns. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then. Um, 
you know, I wanted to talk about some some free agency notes here because I know free agencies. Obviously, that's the next thing that we have to focus on that in the draft. Uh, but we don't have any picks in the draft, so is so many free agency shows coming up. Yeah. So, uh, but I wanted to kick it off here with. Uh, we do uh, have some picks in the draft, though. By the way, we do have some. I, I'm just it's kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, um, we have Deshaun Watson. We don't have any picks. There's eight actually. So it was. I was looking at it today. It's actually, way more than I it's thought. More than I thought. It's the only reason uh, I bring it up is it's more than I thought. But yeah, like you said, we'll get into plenty of uh, free agency discussions uh, as we kind of go on. Uh, but for now, I just want to highlight some of the guys that that kind of left the Browns, went on to have success elsewhere, and now they're available again as free agents, um, and so, especially the ones in positions of need. So just Browns. so I understand the, yeah, the exercise, we're looking at former Browns that we sent away, <laughs> and we're like, we might need you back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does everybody say when when people leave the Browns? They go, they go on to do good things elsewhere. That's true. Right. So uh, I just wanted to highlight a few of them so that we could talk about them. And, and maybe they're a fit this year. I don't know. So uh, number one here, uh, Larry Ogunjobi um, was a pretty solid defensive tackle for us. Yeah, I always liked Ogunjobi when he was here. Um, I don't know how much he has left in the tank at this point. Um but I never had a problem with Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, I think he was an early kind of cap casualty. And again, the thinking at the time was probably just, he's not irreplaceable. Um, so they didn't Which is pay fair. Uh, But he continues to play well. But it is certainly an area of need. Yeah. And now. so and, and you mentioned, you know, uh, you don't know where he's at in his career, uh, wear and tear, those types of things. I mean, you think you get him at a discount, you bring him back, right? I mean, at least as an option. I'm not saying we absolutely bring this guy back. I'm saying it Maybe. could be an option as, as like a depth piece. The interesting thing, I think, just in general around free agency draft um, and positions of need for the Browns, specifically needing interior linemen, is this draft is supposedly, um, you know, I'm not a draft expert, but I play one on TV, um, <laughs> but it's supposedly full of uh, defensive tackles. Like, it's a big defensive tackle year. So I've, you think they might just go heavy in the draft and, and well, not ignore, but but uh, you might not see any sort of splash players in the, in free agency? Well, I actually almost think the opposite. I think because teams that have good picks and early picks are going to want the best talent. The best of the best. The best of the best yeah. for long term. And I think you might be able to get guys like Ogan Joby who were Somebody looking for that, that their last in contract. The past, uh, uh, would have, would have just, yeah, maybe would have been uh, overvalued at his position yeah. that is going into their last contract. So I think you might actually have opportunities to build that D-line through free agency more so than some other positions this year. Yep. And so uh, along with Ogan Joby, we've got uh, Vince Taylor, um, another d- uh, defensive tackle that's out there, uh, played well elsewhere. And uh, I mean, as far as options and depth pieces, like we just talked about, it's kind of the same. In my opinion, that's that's kind of like the same area that you see Ogan Joby in, right? How how old is Vincent Taylor? Well, you're you're uh, the I'll look it up. resident statistician. Um, the old Google machine. We I've been saying we need to install an Alexa down here. <laughs> Alexa, tell me how old Vincent Taylor is. Twenty nine. Okay. So yeah, you still get some 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 run there. So yeah, so, I mean, but I, I think he's probably you know. You start getting around the age of 30, pretty much any position in the NFL, and they don't want to pay you like they used to. Well, especially guys like that. I mean, unless unless you're a generational talent, when you play with that much weight, um, it's just harder on your body. So I think just in general, was, their careers tend to be a little shorter than uh, some of the skill position guys. Yeah. So the next one up here, I have Elijah Lee uh, at linebacker. 
We, God knows we are thin at linebacker. Um, and the True. ones that we do have are much too small. <laughs> so I uh, just wanted to, to kind of throw him in the mix here. Um, not that he's a really big guy either, though, I guess. He's 6'2", 229, so he's, he's on the smaller well, i think we're in a position to take anybody that we can <laughs> That's come good. back to cleveland and and the good thing you know we just talked about some of the some of the other guys uh vince taylor and and ogan joby aging a little bit uh eli J- eli lee is uh 26 so he's still kind of in his prime and if you could get him for you know not a premium yeah put 10 pounds on him yeah i mean yeah. i think i think that's a solid solid pick for you know, a, a line, a linebacker group that is lacking in every sense of the word. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think you just we had so much turnover there this year due to injuries. So even if a guy like um, Jacob Phillips comes back, yeah, I mean it's a second significant injury inside of two years. So right. um, you always hope those guys come back totally healthy and ready to play, but it's it's a gamble, just like Elijah Lee would be. <laughs> yeah, um, and then next up, I have Jannard Avery. Defensive end and outside linebacker. There's a name that I miss that I'm, I'm intrigued by because I think he's a versatile player. Well, um, he kind of slots in where, uh, uh, you know, you're losing that Jadavion Clowney. Um, but he's also a little bit more versatile, in my opinion, to where he could he could play a little bit of outside linebacker if we needed him to. Yeah, I mean, I always thought um, – I always liked Jannard Davier. I mean, obviously he'd be more of a defensive end in our system being – what it is, but yeah, I always liked him when he was here. Um, I don't think he got utilized properly while he was here, but I think the, I think he has a lot of things you can't teach. The the high motor nose for the football. Yep. Um, is he is he like Dick Butkus? No, like he's not. He's not Dick Butlick, but um, uh, but I think he's a solid NFL player that's borderline starter. Yeah, fair, and and so like these are all guys like you know we're not saying sign them, don't sign them, anything like that. All these guys that we're talking about here just. Just guys that could you might hear their name start popping up in free agency because um, I don't think any of these guys that we're talking about are the guys that are highly, every, highly sought after. Yeah, they're they're not the guys that everybody's after. They're the guys that um, probably are like that next tier down where it's which like is kind of where we're players. shopping based on our assets. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this next one is uh, Carl Nassib, defensive end. Um, he's kind of bounced around, but he's played pretty solid pretty much everywhere he's gone. He I mean, hasn't. He hasn't. You know. He doesn't uh, uh, kind of light up the stat sheet or anything like that but he's a solid player i think he was on the super bowl team with the, the buccaneers wasn't he uh yeah he so was i think he has a ring um so yeah i mean maybe Spent good some time i think with las vegas veteran veteran leadership um you know i i i do know that he's really good at math uh, and accounting <laughs> that's from, always good from hard knocks when he was teaching everybody how to manage their money but he could probably <laughs> make sure there the right amount of people were on the field so. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. We, we struggle with that at times. Yeah. So, um, and then next up, your boy uh, Kaderil Hodge, <laughs> a wide receiver. I know you you talked about him earlier in the season, and and uh, yeah, you you love you some Kaderil Hodge. I lo- love me some Kaderil Hodge. So, I mean, that could be a depth piece at wide receiver. Again, not that he's like this this you know I'm putting up crazy stats or anything, but as far as depth at wide receiver, I know there's probably going to be some turnover in our wide receiver room. And yeah, look, I respect Kaderil Hodge because I think he's a try hard guy. Um, 
but I, I don't know that he's an NFL starter. Or right. even I'm going to admit that was a little player. bit of a joke just because I know you love Kadero Hodge. It's but, fair. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that we'll go after him. He was just a, a ex-Brown that ha- happens to be available. Fair. One of the few that's done anything of note. So um, other names of note that are out there, uh, but I don't think they'd really be a fit with us just because we have other areas of concern that are way ahead of this. Uh, Jordan Poyer and Jabril Peppers at the safety positions. Um, although I actually re- reassess this, and now that I, I'm pretty sure, and we'll actually get into this in just a minute, uh, I'm pretty sure John Johnson's going to be gone. Um, so Jordan Poyer becomes a little bit more interesting, I would say. Um, it's funny uh, how good Jordan Poyer has become. Came after he left the Browns. Yeah, he had a stretch of probably three or four years where, like, he was known as one of the top safeties. He was a in top safety in the league for sure. Um, at this point, he's thirty-one. Um, but is he better than John Johnson was last year? Probably. Probably, and he has a, <laughs> a really, really pretty girlfriend or wife. Um, That's all Kenny cares about. He better. He, the, Kenny is worried about the talent they bring with them when they sign with the Browns. So. At least he tried to break up LeBron's marriage. Um, <laughs> allegedly. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, done. He can't do the rest of the show. I'm still recovering from my illness. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's an interesting name for sure. I don't know what's going to happen with John Johnson yet. Um, I guess we'll see. But um, I don't from a, like he's going to get a, cut from a talent standpoint. Unless somebody will give us something for him. He's going to get cut from a talent standpoint. Like is John Johnson and Jordan Poyer comparable at this point? Yeah, probably. And does he bring less locker room baggage? Probably. So sure. And then Jabril Peppers obviously is strong safety. So I don't, I don't know that we really he'd be a fit for us. MJ Stewart, nickel uh, nickel corner. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would think like Jabril and MJ. Our guys, MJ probably has a greater, better chance of coming because he's never really done anything outside of be a Brown. Um, Jabril, I feel like, kind of left on not weird bad, terms. Bad it was terms, just, it was just it was a weird OBJ terms. thing, and it was like nobody expected him to get traded. Yeah, like he, and then he was like, "Oh, what the hell?" He wanted to be a Brown, so and I, we didn't want, and him. we didn't want it. So, yeah. like I, to me, I feel like. Just We're probably the, at the bottom of his list. The human nature yeah. component of it, yeah. yeah. And then the final one I have on here, just to, again, uh, name of note, not not that I think we'll go after him at all, but Dontrell Hilliard at running back. Um, obviously, we're going to have some changes. Kareem Hunt's going to be gone. Um, I think everybody expects that. If he's back, that's going to be amazing to me. But uh, Kareem Hunt's going to be gone. But even still, I think we we run with Dearness Johnson and uh, Jerome Ford, and we're better we, there than we are with Dontrell Hilliard. We run with them. <laughs> see, what, just see what you did there. earlier i reeled us in during uh, <laughs> during during fish ocean talk and then uh now we're running with Don, we're without dontrell hilliard um here's uh the only thing i would say is how many browns podcasts this week talked about dontrell hilliard oh <laughs> we gotta be the only one <laughs> <laughs> look we cover the browns top to bottom bro <laughs> <laughs> we make sure that everybody knows all of the options. Uh, all right. And, and uh, next up here, uh, we're going to talk about some legitimate trade options for the Browns. And now I want to clarify before we start this, because people come in hot on social media. You start talking about, about this kind of stuff. We mentioned Nick Chubb's name and <laughs> people wanted to kill us. We didn't say that they should trade him. We like, said like Stefanski we tra- would be dumb enough to trade like him. Like we were trading him. Or yeah. Something. Like they were so pissed at us. And then, 
Also, I'm just going to go ahead and clarify this now. I know that the GM makes the trades and not the coach, you idiots. <laughs> like, come yes. on. I, I, our point was that the coach has a say in those things. He has, he has influence, and Kevin Stefanski's offense is an air raid offense that doesn't value the running back enough. Right. So I think that's 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 what we mean by would Kevin Stefanski trade Nick Chubb is if Kevin Stefanski doesn't see the need for a generational talent at running back and you could acquire assets for him, does that make sense? Because you could probably get away with Dearness Johnson and Jerome Ford in that backfield with a Deshaun Watson offense. And here's the funniest thing to me. Since we ran that a couple weeks ago, Literally, every, you talked about no no other podcast talks about Dontrell Hilliard. Well, every other podcast has basically talked about would they trade Chubb? What could you oh, get yeah. for Chubb? Well, it's because you could get some legitimate assets for Nick Chubb. So, again, hang on. Let me start, start this segment by saying these are not things that we think should happen. These are not things that we would do. These are things that we say that we're just saying could Makes sense. <laughs> so, um, I'll take it a step further. Go ahead. I'll say, I think some of these things are very likely, and I'm even supportive of it at this point, including the one we just talked about. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll 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 have the discussion because here's here's so, okay. here's here's the thing. What I would say is this: is there's a lot of fan favorites air quotes fan favorites on this team what was your record this year <laughs> yeah and what was your record last year what was you your record all the, the fan year favorites that? you want we keep losing people don't like the you, team you keep losing so obviously there's something wrong and it's not that any of these names that we might bring up whether it's nick chubb wyatt teller david and joe like any names that you hear in, in trade rumors it's not that they're bad guys or even necessarily that they're bad uh fits like it's just is is it is it the right time and the right place for them on this roster? And given where you are from a salary cap perspective and given where you are from a draft capital perspective, does it make sense if you can get value out of one of these guys? Because you have to continue to build the team. Yeah. I want Nick Chubb to be a Brown forever for the rest of his career. I've said it multiple times. I'll continue to say it. he's my favorite Cleveland Brown of all time. Yeah, I don't want to see Nick Chubb go anywhere. But I also don't want to see Nick Chubb get underutilized in an offense to where oh, yeah. he's he has no impact. And it's, it's like Kareem Hunt this year, right? What did we say every week? Why are they even playing this guy? When we got to the point of the trade deadline, it's like, why not make it? If you could get a fifth rounder for him, why not? Because he wasn't offering you anything on the field, and he was just taking up a roster spot. Yep. So if that's what Nick Chubb becomes, then that would be a damn shame. But it's not outside of the realm of possibility, given the offense they want to run. Here's the thing with Nick Chubb, too, is we're not even saying that he would become what Kareem Hunt was this year. Hell, even if it, it, it got... Not even close to that. Like if he if he dropped down to where he legitimately averaged 13, 14 carries a game, why is he on your team? Well, yeah, I just think he's not. It's 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 like having a, a four wheel drive car when you don't oh, drive use, anywhere. Yeah, like, when all you do is uh, take the car down the road to the grocery like store you, and back. If you live in New York City and you take the subway, you're not going to buy an eighty thousand dollar Mercedes. Right, it doesn't make sense. So, anyways, we put Nick Chubb in there before got slaughtered for it on social media. <laughs> um, but 
we mentioned him again just because like that's the kind of player that we're talking about here. Well, and I think that he's he's one of the most intriguing options because you can get a you can get for him, some value that's for rare him. in a running back. Yeah, I mean you could get value, and I don't know what that value is today. But anybody that's watched football in the last two to three years knows Nick Chubb is one of the preeminent running runners in the game today, and for the next two to three years could be a workhorse yeah. for you. And the other part of that is no. No other um, position in the NFL besides maybe linebacker has been devalued this much in recent years. Yeah. It's running back and linebacker. Um, basically, what teams go with is you can you can run those things by committee and be okay, and it's not a big deal um, because of the way the NFL has evolved. Well, so you've that, seen a lot of teams do it. I mean, probably most famously is just the Patriots watching what yeah, they've done and they've, how many They've never had like a legit running back. I mean, like at least Corey Dillon maybe was years. the last like good running back they had. Yeah. And they had a bunch of guys that could play a role. Yeah. Like right now they have probably their best prospect in years in Ramondre. Well, yeah. Ramondre good, but, um, but that's not traditionally the kind of guy that they had, no. but you notice they bring in a guy like that when their offense has to start changing shape because you don't have Tom Brady at the helm anymore. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll move past Nick Chubb. We're just saying he is a legitimate trade option at this point, whether anybody wants to admit that or not. Um, next up, we got Jed Wills. And I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate here. I'm going to just kind of offer you something. You tell me if you would take that or not. So uh, Jed Wills, uh, third rounder or better? Take. Fourth rounder or better? Take. Fifth rounder or better? (laughs) Sixth rounder or better? Take. Seventh rounder or better? I took a dump before the show. I'd take that. (laughs) Damn. Uh, So basically, you're saying trade Jed Wills for anything. Yeah, you're not going to get anything for him. An old old leather shoe. So I disagree. I I, I, I don't think Jed Wills is good. I think we need to trade him. But what I do know is, I mentioned it earlier in the season, there's a number of like PFF type publications that claim that he had a okay year, not a good year, just an okay year and uh, have him as one of the, the better young linemen in the league. And so if somebody's willing to give you, and I think we could get probably a fourth and then another late rounder for him, I absolutely would take that. Those are the same people that say Kevin Stefanski is the best analytics coach of all time. So the whole good old whop away. Uh, whop away. Yeah. yeah uh, um, so here's my thing about Jed is, you have $230 million standing behind him. And he, for, for the offense that they want to run, he becomes... <laughs> That's actually probably the biggest case. He for, becomes your most crucial lineman. Yeah. And he's he's not a lineman. He's a liability. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you say, we have $230 million guaranteed behind the line. And that's the guy that's responsible for keeping him on the field. Yeah. How do you feel right now? Let's go back to New York City. You're living in New York City. You take the subway. You buy an $80,000 Mercedes, and you leave it outside with the, the keys in it. Like, that's <laughs> that's what Jed Wills is. Yeah. Um, next. <laughs> gosh. We need a better left tackle. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Wyatt Teller. He's, he's an interesting one. He's up next. We love Wyatt Teller here. Uh, I think he's a great guy and everything. But here's the deal with he Wyatt Teller. He wrestles alligators. He does. Uh, but <laughs> here's, here's the deal with Wyatt Teller. He's got a $13 million cap hit this year. Um, and we don't have a ton of money to work with. I know everybody's going to say, yeah, we got a bunch of rollover money. Well, that gets eaten up pretty quick when you're trying to build a team. And well, especially when you have $55 million coming due. Yeah. It's quarterback. Yeah. And uh, that's what people forget. Yeah, there's rollover money, but we haven't started paying anybody yet. 
No, Deshaun gotta, Watson made one million dollars last year. In case anyone was wondering, he made one million dollars last year. This year, fifty-five million. And so, when we first started this topic, we started talking about fan favorites and not wanting to get rid of them. To this point of like, you have money coming due. The Browns' offense, and I, I wish I hadn't screen capped the article because they were like, I want to say the eighth most expensive offense in the NFL this year. I don't have the exact figure, but they were one of the most expensive offenses in the NFL this year. And what is four? Before Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So now you got $55 million coming into that number. And what did it get you? What did it get you? Look, I love Wyatt Teller. I think Wyatt's a great player. I think he's a road grader. I think the other name that comes up here that's even more intriguing from a, a trade proposal standpoint is probably Joel Batonio. And people don't want to hear that either because he's a certified Hall of Famer when he retires. Year in and year out pro bowler. Um, yeah. yeah. And But he's also probably um, a little bit older and... Um, you know, when you think about the future, would you rather hold on to a guy like Wyatt or would you rather hold on to Joel Batonio? Which is a fair question. And, and so like both of these, both of these players, I mean, not that we, we're not saying we could afford, uh, like you, you're getting another guy that's going to come in and play just as well. That's not what we're saying, but can you afford with a Bill Callahan coached line to plug somebody in there and be okay? Maybe you get a step down, but they're okay and they get coached well, up along the and way. here's again going back to just the general idea of we're playing a game without a ton of assets and the game that we want to play is changing in terms of scheme right so if we're going to be throwing the ball a lot more if guys like nick chubb were to become expendable um i think you also have guys like wyatt that are expendable Petonia that are expendable and the reason why is because i can maybe pass off a lineman that's not as good as wyatt and not as good as joel if they're a good pass blocker, maybe they're not a great overall lineman. Maybe they don't have the run blocking skills that these guys have, but if we're not worried about running the ball and that being the focal point of the offense, and you could get away with a guy that is less costly, but is a solid pass blocker. Yeah. That might be all you need in this offense. Yeah. And like we said, pretty much anybody that you're going to plug in, uh, especially if they're already on the team or even most likely if you get them in free agency for, for a lot cheaper than these guys, um, anybody that you plug in is not going to be them. But no. But again, we say they're coached by Bill Callahan, who is widely known as one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. And um, while while we ripped on the line coming down uh, the stretch this year because they kind of faltered, they've kind of proven since Bill Callahan's been there that well, our line is great every time they're healthy. Like every time we start a season, we start the season phenomenally. They're widely regarded as as the uh, one of the best lines in football, and I think it helps that they have one of the best backs in football. Um, yeah, because uh, <laughs> he makes everyone look. Good. He makes you look good, but um, yeah, take him away, Stefanski. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's, <laughs> I think there's, it's you know, it's both sides to that, right? Like, can you survive without some of these guys? Yes. Will it suck because you won't be able to run the ball as good? Yes. But if that was that, if that's what but feeds the beast, right? If that's what leads to the D Podesta Stefanski offense that they want to run, then those are decisions that you have to make. And I think. Um, I have one other name that I would throw in here, and it's David Njoku. I think um, we need receivers and depth there, but um, he's young. He's uber-athletic. He's coming off his best season ever. Um, and if the Browns were to make a move in free agency to bring in DeAndre Hopkins or any other good top-tier receiver, we'll top-flight receiver, uh, another episode, yeah, we'll talk free agency later. But, is, uh, I think um, uh, if we got Nuke, I'd be, I'd be pretty... 
pretty stoked. Yeah. So, you know, I think you have to look at that and go, again, this hasn't worked for us. Having David and Joku, what has it done for you? Not that I dislike David and Joku. I love David and Joku. I think he's an interesting piece to have on a roster. I think he's got tremendous athleticism. He's had he had a good year this year. He was mostly healthy, um, and I think he's a good run blocker. But again, going back to this whole thing, if we're not going to run the ball, I think your whole point is the fact that you'd get a haul for him. Well, yeah, like you could you, probably you have to trade people that people want and by a haul i mean you're probably getting like a second rounder for him but well, that's yeah, but still that's, a big piece. your beggars can't be choosers at this point yeah. right i mean you got to get what you can get now there's the flip side of this too so like you know we're talking about second rounders third rounders what have you um i'm actually of the opposite thinking uh, i think the draft is a <laughs> crapshoot so i'm <laughs> oh yeah I'm more like go get free agents uh just just uh, use the draft to supplement in 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 the best team to talk you talked about them earlier already is the patriots the patriots not that they went and got the big names but they would go get all the solid players off of free agency and then they'd pick and choose in the draft because they always had late first round picks they never had the early picks um they would do hard hard work as far as uh, uh scouting and those types of things and they would make sure that they hit uh as often as possible on those picks and they, I mean, they built their teams through free agency and it was all, all those second tier guys like we're talking about, sure. that, um, that's how they built those teams. And, and so, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it so is. to your, I was just saying to your Njoku point, like, I don't see them moving him, but that's a good, per, a good one to throw up there because you can get assets for him. I, I do think it's, it's, and again, I'm not an NFL executive, but it does seem like NFL organizations overvalue draft picks that, Oh, it's wild. Have potential to be both good and bad versus um, the the general conservative idea of like what mo- how most NFL teams operate, right? Um, so it's, it's a little bizarre, but the fact is that these teams do value these draft picks. I mean, you do. I mean, look at what we got Amari Cooper for. Yeah. A fifth yeah. rounder. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, there probably is something to be said about uh, putting all your eggs in the... the uh, um, Free agency basket, though, because uh, look what happened to the Rams. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. all of their guys kind of came of age, that that 30-year-old mark all at the same time, and now they fall off a cliff. Well, I think there's but always, they got a Super Bowl out of there's it. There's so. always risk of free agency because you have guys that are, that if they're good on their first contract, now they're looking to get paid, and they're usually after a money grab. So yep. we've been burned there. I mean, we it's, had Kenny Britt and uh, yeah. what was the other guy? Dwayne Rainbow came through. I mean, oh, yeah. some of these guys that were just looking for Dwayne the last Bo. NFL contract. And so you can get burned in free agency Which too. Which Dwayne Bowe was, was the biggest heartbreaker because he was so consistent. And then he came to the Browns and literally fell off a cliff. Yeah, and just started fires in the locker room. Yeah. Just lit terrible. the thing on fire every day. Um, final name in here, John Johnson. Uh, I'll literally take anything for this guy. <laughs> the, the dump I took earlier? Yeah. Like, just if anybody offers you anything, you take it. Because he's, like I said, he's probably getting cut anyways with all the, all the shit he started this year. I don't know. I mean, maybe he, he comes, didn't play well. Maybe he comes into the locker room though with a fresh take and and is rejuvenated by the fact that Jim Shorts is there. And, he comes in and grovels and says, um, "Please forgive me." Well, I mean, if he comes in and says, "I love you, Jim Shorts," he says, "Joe Woods was the problem. Put me in a bad position and on every play, and I, no one knew what they were doing." Look, John Johnson wasn't the only Browns defender that played bad last year. Oh no! We talked about Miles being the PFF, you know, standout stud at ninety-two. Uh, that Jadavion was your next best grade on the line. Who was your second leading sacker on this team this year? 
probably going to tell me it was John Johnson. Uh, Taven Bryan. Oh, Taven. How many sacks did Taven Bryan have? He's coming up next. Um, I don't know. Three. Like, he had three. I was going to say three. not a lot. So you have Miles at 15 or 16. You have Taven Bryan at three. He's your next best option. Feels bad. So there's a lot of players on this team that, that frankly, no one on that defense outside of Miles and maybe Zell should be safe. Yeah. Uh, and, that's fair. And Martin Emerson. I like He was new. but Martin Emerson. Newsom. He played well. Um, for the most part. <laughs> so that, that actually, uh, you mentioned Taven Bryan. That's a good segue into the next section of this, this here is, uh, guys that, that I am predicting, probably we are predicting that are going to be one and done with the Browns. Um, they played this season. We brought them in. They were new. Uh, some of these, these guys were exciting when we brought them in and now they're going to be gone because for one reason or another. So we're going to start with, uh, Chase Winovich. Um, Obviously, when he when you know when we brought him in, uh, made the trade for Chase Winovich, a lot of people were really excited, but he just never really got healthy. Uh, couldn't live up to to the potential. Played in only eight games for the Browns this year, and uh, the Browns also discovered Alex Wright, uh, <laughs> who now, if, at the very least, is is Chase Winovich's equal. Yeah, at this point. So. certainly, Alex Wright, um, I think, has potential to be has, has good upside. Um, I don't know that they'll walk away from Chase Winovich at this point because I think if anything this year underscored and I would say the same about your next um, option here I think this year underscored the absolute need for depth at the position at, at defensive line so I um, I do think those guys that can play interior um, but can play rush like those guys are so important and I think they're important in a in a gym shorts in a gym shorts gym shorts offense <laughs> or defense sorry um, so I do think that he's going to value those guys I mean you heard him say we're like Miles is going to be his his anchor um, and so you have to have complimentary pieces there if you're going to let Miles run wild. That's fair, but I, I just... Even though he did suck this year. Yeah, he was not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taven Bryan um, is the next one up here. Uh, Taven <coughs> Bryan, so, so uh, Andrew Barry took took this guy because he was a former first-rounder that didn't live up to hype. Um, it's basically Andrew Barry's MO. Those are the guys he loves to find. He finds former first-rounders that, that didn't play as well as they should have and said, we can get them for a steal. Um, so he thought he could catch lightning in a bottle with him uh, and... Again, he he didn't live up to. Well, I guess I should say he did live up to ex, expectations. He's expectations, a sec, second being, best sacker. Expectations of being a horrendous run stopper. <laughs> <laughs> so he did exactly what he's done his whole career so far, and he played extremely undisciplined. But I guess you know, I guess that might be a Stefanski argument to keep him around long term. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, again, uh, one more thing with Taven Bryan is there was multiple times this year where. Uh, um, not only myself just seeing him play, but people around Cleveland were bringing up uh, effort as, as a big issue with him as he would take plays off and those types of things. But again, maybe that's a Kevin Stefanski staple, like uh, he should be staying here. So <laughs> You don't try hard and you're undisciplined. Sign in long term. Um, Ten-year deal. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think part of it, too, with Brian is <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. You're going to make it through the show? My pneumonia or whatever I have is getting me. Um, I, I might think, be back solo next week. He might be dead. <laughs> solo, solo. I think the other problem with Tim O'Brien is not even just effort because I think he's just outmatched. From a you just think that he's not very good. He's physicality standpoint, I just think he's just not. I think he's, I think he's a bust. I think he's a very below average at, at his position. Fair. 
Fair. Um, next up on the <laughs> list of one and dones, we got Jacoby Brissett uh, because obviously. <laughs> I mean, we've got a two. He's not going to be the starter next year. No. Are we done having that discussion? Yeah. Um, But I do hope, I think along with the rest of Cleveland, uh, we all hope that he lands on his feet and gets a decent deal somewhere. Uh, He definitely earned it with Cleveland this year. I know he's kind of a journeyman quarterback, but he he showed that he can still start and win games for for somebody. Jacoby Brissett is like the one, like – good story that's come out of Cleveland in the debacle that we've been for the last two decades. Um, Usually these guys come in, they screw everything up and you're like, can we get this guy out of town fast enough? (laughs) Jacoby is the first guy that's came in delivered and exceeded expectations in every sense of the word. And really like the rest of the team, let him down. We all feel bad because a, the team let him down and like B it was just an impossible situation to begin with because he knew there was no future here, but he knew that this was his best shot to put his name out there and get some tape. And, um, and I think he's played himself into, you know, maybe, maybe not a a quarterback one role next year, but he's going to get another contract. True. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I think that there's an outside chance he lands somewhere as a starter or at least competing for a starting job. Absolutely. Um, but at the very least, he earned a solid – people forget. Quarterbacks get paid a lot. So they don't yeah. forget that part of it, but they forget that like backups still get paid a decent amount. So I think sure. he played himself into a solid contract for a backup quarterback at the very least. And I think this year showed you that there's a lot of questions about – quarterbacks in this league still because a lot of the old guard has um you know maybe taken that step towards either a not playing anymore um they could retire and b some of them weren't as effective or on good teams even if they played okay um so they may just be end up being moved because of that um and talk about just just the asset that jacoby Brissett would be for anybody because how many teams in the nfl um outside of maybe the 49ers um have multiple good quarterbacks, like solid starting quarterback, and even on the roster. 49ers didn't have enough of them. Uh, yeah, everybody got hurt, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, like they're probably the only other ones I could think of. Like, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be gone, and they'll have Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, who are both starters. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think outside of them, who else when you, has when you think about quarterbacks, two solid starters, and you know, there's 32 NFL teams, so there's one quarterback for each. There's 32. Um, there's a big difference between the guy who's the 33rd best quarterback in the league and the guy that's the 64th best quarterback in the oh, league. Oh, yeah. And Jacoby's probably right on that line. I mean, he's probably better. You can make he's the argument that starters. he's better than some starters. But if he's not a starter, then he's 33, and right? And the crazy thing about that stat that you just threw out there is how many uh, quarterbacks this year started more than 12 games, started 12 games or more for their team this year? Um, probably not very many. Twelve. Um, yeah, <laughs> twelve. That's... So you're you're talking about all these teams having to go to their backups. Yeah. What? Like that's what I'm saying. Jacoby's going to get paid because that's such an asset to have a Jacoby Brissett that can come in and you you aren't necessarily worried like oh god this guy's this is our liability now and he it, can come in and be a solid. And a solid starter for Especially him. on a team kind of like the Browns were this year where we thought, hey, if we can kind of get through, through the muck, we're a playoff team. <laughs> he was like a perfect fit for us, but we wasted it. <laughs> but, you know, for a team next year, maybe that either has a quarterback that's coming off of injury or a just stacked roster behind them that yeah. needs that needs that kind of insurance. I mean, you could lose your QB1 on a good team and Jacoby could take you into the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, and then I'm just going to move on here. We love Jacoby. Hope he lands somewhere and, and gets paid a little bit here. So, uh, But the final guy on my one-and-done list is Ethan Pochick. Um, and it's not because of anything negative. 
Uh, dude played himself into a major payday that the Browns are not going to be willing to pay him. <laughs> um, especially, uh, they're going to have Nick Harris coming back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was your, technically your starter this year at center. And then Ethan Pochick came in after the fact as the backup. Um, and so I think I, I think Ethan Pochick's going to get paid big time, and I think he's going to go somewhere and be a solid center for somebody else. And we've, they've got other options, too, because Pochick was really like the third or fourth option. Even well, he's after, third, because what's his name? Uh, um, uh, we, had a, we had him retire. Uh, why am I? <sighs> what? <laughs> our, our center retired. After we did, after we didn't resign him, we. <laughs> oh, J.C. Treader. Yeah, why? Well, I, I drew a blank. J.C. Treader. Uh, no, but there was resign, and then we we uh, we he retired. He was I'm, like, I'm done. I'm trying. There was somebody else that didn't because Nick Harris got hurt in the preseason in the in during like training camp. So there was somebody else that they had slated that oh, then right. also got hurt like the week before the season started or something. And then, either way, it doesn't matter. But yeah, you're right. Doesn't matter. I mean, Ethan Pochick um, played himself into a big contract. <laughs> I do think that there's still injury concerns with Pochick, and I think he had those coming into Cleveland. That was kind of why no one knew who he was. So I do think maybe there's opportunity for them to try to resign him. Someone's you, taking you, a swing at him. Bro. You do have to pay someone, right? I mean, we don't we don't have a lot of assets and 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 cap space, but but with um, everything you just said, you do have to pay some of these guys. Everything you just said about injury concerns and those types of things, analytics which our team is run by would tell you that he's not the guy that you're paying that money to. So he's pr- somebody probably else not. is probably going to pay him. Well, again, I think, and to your point uh, that, um, is he replaceable because what we just talked about, right? If you can find a guy that maybe isn't Ethan Pochick, but is he a solid pass blocker? I don't know. Nick Harris. Is he a solid pass blocker? <laughs> and is he an okay run blocker? It's probably because Nick I Harris. can survive with that. It's probably Nick Harris. <laughs> maybe i mean we haven't seen nick harris play I, um, I feel like nick harris is one of those guys that was just it was like uh um it's not nepotism but like he was just next in line and everybody's just like yeah well nick harris obviously will be the obviously. center sure um and so I, that, that's it for the one and done guys though that's all that i i think are going to be one and done chase winovich Taven bryan jacoby Brissett, and ethan pochick um to wrap up brown's talk here for the week um fun fact andrew barry's twin adam is leaving a finance job to join the NFL and follow in his brother's footsteps. So, you think we could have uh, whoever he signs with have like a like a little like a like a parent trap situation going on? They're just going to trade trade places, just trick us all. They're like, ah, fooled you. <laughs> Pneumonia. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, bizarre the state that we find ourselves in um, with the way that they're pulling talent into front offices at this point, because it's kind of like uh, the Drew Carey show. Like uh, we just make up the points and nothing really matters. And we're just like, where the points are made up. Did you go to Ivy league school? Okay. Where, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's that. There it is. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just pretty crazy that the twin brothers are going to be in front offices in the NFL. I mean, and, uh, cause even if you're a guy that, is supportive of Andrew Barry, and you say like, "Oh, I like the analytics and uh, academia." Is you know these guys are really smart. Um, you know, we, we tried this with Sashi Brown too. Like that was he was also a, an accredited, acclaimed lawyer and very smart. Was in the organization for years, so he had good football background, and he was able to burn this thing down. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, oh man, I don't know. All right, so uh, that'll take us to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers. You feel like you're in the arena right I'm now? At, I'm at Crump. 
Do you feel like you're in their arena? <laughs> Fire flames. Burning River Sportscast. Uh, so the Cavaliers, are they find themselves at 31-21 and 21 right now. Uh, they're kind of keeping pace uh, while people are injured. Still fifth in the East, second in the Central. Um, continue to struggle on the road. They are, fun fact, the best team in the NBA at home this year. I was just going to say, like, they 21 are 21-5. They are literally the best team in the NBA at home. And on the road, they're 10-16. and 16. It's just wild. Like, how how can arenas be that different? Like, really, like, it's the same basketball hoop. It's the same height. The, the court's all the same size. Like, it can't be that different. I think... I mean, you played, not that I, I, we played at that level, but you I, played sports in some pretty high-pressure situations. And- I think that it is, actually, um, because I was actually just listening to them talk about, um, there was a controversy a few weeks ago when they changed the floor, because they did like a throwback floor, yeah. um, and because they did that, they had put the new floor like just on the old floor, and so everything was off a little bit. They had readjusted the hoops and stuff, so they were right, regulation, but... Um, they were saying just even in the arena, like you're, well, you're sit on top of the floor, man. So it would have just been the same, but go on. Uh, <laughs> regardless, um, I'm just saying, so <laughs> look, threw them off completely. Um, but like their line of sight and things were different for like shooting free throws. Like all of a sudden you're in the same building, but now the things that you're used to seeing aren't there anymore. So like, you're like an inch and a half up you, so like the next chair up in the stands is there it's all of a like sudden the, now in your sight line yeah. so and, you know and i don't know if that if that's the same as like but I, I could see that like that could be enough to throw you off maybe in a game where it's a precision um you know approximation uh game and to be honest so. i don't i don't really care <laughs> i just i'm just i was just asking the question like is it really that different but i guess i guess it is you've made the argument and i, well, I accept your argument and i do think that they've uh fallen victim to like some back-to-backs um games that like sometimes are like, scheduled losses just because they were on the road a road trip and it's well hell the they play the, the warriors in a back-to-back and the warriors sit their entire team and we still lose to them <laughs> So <laughs> fair. Well, it's also a young team. Um, I know. But- I know. It's just I. I. I'm. Uh, I think it's kind of funny because around Cleveland, you you listen to the radio and you listen to a lot of these fans with the Cavaliers right now and it is all doom and gloom they're like it oh is. my god what is going on yeah. we need to make a move we need to do something it's like guys the whole team hasn't played together but like 10 games this year so yeah <laughs> the one thing that did that is a little bit concerning like is if you look at their offensive numbers like they're one of the from like a point just a pure point scored they're in the bottom like five of the league um they and, play defense but that's the thing is they play defense and they it's, it's and the they the slow Cavaliers have played for they, a long time they play slow ball yeah. so um i don't know that like i know that that sounds concerning on the surface but the way that they play the game it, I, the, the pace is dictated by the defense that they play and the Here's offense the that they run guess what what happens in the nba playoffs every year Everybody clamps down, and all of a sudden, the points per game go down by like twenty. Yeah, so it could be said so, that the Cavaliers are just already playing playoff basketball. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, but it, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like the defensive, te- like teams get more defensive in the postseason. So maybe at least style wise, they're playing more like that than a lot of other teams. Um, uh, but anyways, we mentioned last week that uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Went down with a groin strain. Groin. Uh, he came back last week, uh, but re-aggravated the injury and has missed some more games since then. Um, others are kind of trying to have to step up. Uh, and overall, they're just treading water until they can get him healthy and some of these other guys healthy. I know like Kevin Love uh, had a, a 
what was it a back strain or whatever he had and he just started practicing yeah. again uh, but anyways some of these other guys have had to step up and uh chetty osman was one of those guys and he had a career high 29 points and tied a career high in that same game uh going seven of seven from three and that was on sunday which would have been 129 29th of january that he did this and uh it was pretty impressive performance by him and they they won that game easily against the clippers Granted, you talked about back-to-backs. The Clippers sat their whole team. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the process of that game and making all seven of those threes, uh, he passed Booby Gibson for sixth all-time on the Cavs three-point list, and he's two makes away from tying J.R. Smith. So those are some pretty uh, well-known names, part of uh, teams that went to uh, championship series. It's hard to believe that he's played – that many games with the Cavs already. You looking ahead to my next? Uh... No, just from a sheer amassing stats standpoint. Oh yeah. So my next I mean, it doesn't point, seem uh, like Chetty's been here that long. Yeah. My next point though was uh, what's wild about uh, uh, Chetty passing these guys and specifically J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is on the list. Uh, like I said, he's sitting at number. Well, what did I say? Five. So he passed Booby Gibson for six. Yeah, so he's sitting, J.R. Smith sitting at five right now on the Cavs all-time three points made list with five hundred and eighty-five. Uh, Chetty right now has, uh, 583 just past Booby Gibson who had 582. Um, Booby Gibson played in 397 games for the Cavs. Chetty Osman has played in 377 games for the Cavs. J.R. Smith played in 255 games for the Cavs and made 585 threes. Well, you know, J.R. is a sharpshooter. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just built different, man. <laughs> Dude just came in, and I remember some of just the most ridiculous threes that he would take on our run to the, to the championship in, in those, and in, in, in not just the championship year, but like those years that we were going to the championship every year. Um, and... Dude, he he would just take the most ridiculous shots, and he would make them. Jr. is definitely one of the most fun, like in, in engaging sports personalities that we've had. Yeah. in the last several years, even though you have the really bad finals goof up, um, it is what it is. And then like things kind of went sour from there, and he was throwing stupid people in the cafeteria. <laughs> like those weren't that wasn't good. But I think we all remember the good days, right? Yeah. We remember shirtless Jr. at the parade. Like. Well, he's still he's kind of been forgiven for all that stuff yeah. we talked about. I mean, people still welcome him back here and like to see him around. Uh, um, and, incredible that he <laughs> those numbers though. Yeah, and, and my actually games. my favorite highlight uh, from J.R. Smith wasn't even a three pointer, a wild three pointer that he took. It was um, I don't know if you remember, I forget who was the point guard at the time. It might have been Kyrie, but I think it was whoever was coming off the bench for us. Delvadova. It might have no, it wasn't Delvadova. But anyways, uh, they came down the court and uh, uh, point guard Ali ooped him. And he caught it, and he was like midair spinning and was like off balance, and he just did a complete like brought it down between his legs, went backwards with it, and dunked it, and just the most athletic play I think I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I don't even know how that was possible, and he did it. And then you get to look in at some of Jr.'s dunks throughout his career, and they're the most ridiculous things you've ever seen. Yeah, he's a flashy guy. So, um, and then I know he isn't a Cavalier anymore, um, but we mentioned LeBron James chasing the all-time scoring record last week. Currently needs 117 points to get there. We're filming this on January 30th, uh, recording this on January 30th. Uh, so he needs 117 points to get there. And uh, he's projected still to get it on the 9th of February. In his last five games, 41, 20, 46, 37, and 23. We said it last week. We'll say it again. Just so impressive in your 20th career. 
or 20th career, 20, 20th career. He's had 20 careers. And in your 20th uh, season of your NBA career. Um, and then also he got robbed <laughs> this week by the refs in case anyone didn't catch that. Just um, Yeah, real quick about um, – LeBron and this the countdown that we're gonna just keep doing all 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 year. Um, I was just looking what uh, what's LeBron James's career assist number? Like eight point seven. Um, we talking about per game or his total? Just for a career, because it's, it's a it's a lot. It, okay, ten thousand, ten thousand number I was looking for. Um, when you consider the amount of points that he has scored, um, and the fact that he has over ten thousand assists, I mean, and you compare that to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's numbers in this, you know, the point total, um, and he had like fifty six hundred assists. So, um, like this isn't just a guy that was just like just chucking up the, the rock every chance he had, um, but he has the, well, it's the, it's the double the amount of assists. Like it's, it's the impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely responsible for far many more points. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not even close. Um, and LeBron said, has always said, he said, it's you know, this was never on my radar. I'm a pass-first guy, which, I mean, the numbers actually bear bear that out. I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, he's got a lot of assists. <laughs> um, so, But he did get absolutely robbed by the refs in their game against Boston the other day. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, and I just wanted to bring that up because it's amazing to me that in year 20, He's consistently not getting calls. I think this is the second or third time this year where he's had a final possession and he's been clearly hacked. Like they, like you could screenshot these things and he's clearly hacked. I'll put a picture up here. Yeah, I'm sure you could find a montage of that. But it's it's just just hacked and doesn't get a call. Um, they never did that shit to Jordan. <laughs> True. Jordan always got his calls. Um, I and I know that he got a lot of shit this week about. Um, kind of his reaction to getting hacked and not getting the call. And I, look, you can say what you want about LeBron being a baby and that's all fine and fair. Like I've seen enough LeBron flops in my life <laughs> yeah. to where you, you, my favorite is when I, he thinks when, a, when he acts like he got poked in the eye when nobody touched him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, it's fair that LeBron has cried wolf a number of times, but this, this was one, the one time that I was like, yeah, how did that, how did that even get missed? <laughs> Well, and, and, and all you people that are sitting here complaining about LeBron flopping, if you don't want LeBron to flop, the ref should probably make that call because LeBron flops because they don't make that call. So if he would have sold it and fell on the floor and, and, and like in process of the shot, not after complaining about it, but well, <laughs> then and, maybe he would have got the foul call. And I think the other thing that's an interesting wrinkle right now um, for us here in Ohio is the fact that they've just legalized sports betting. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a lot more money on these games because there's not, wasn't just Ohio that's passed legislation for this. So there's a lot more money on these games and a lot more, I don't know what you call them, like commonplace or retail gamblers now that are just yeah. putting money on games randomly because they can. If you got uh, a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, by the way. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so that'll, that's it for the, the Cavs, though. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, talk about the Guardians here. Uh, some terribly sad news for the Guardians this week. Longtime drummer for the team in the bleachers, John Adams, passed away this morning, actually, uh, January 30th, 2023. So he will be missed. He will be remembered. And I think for generations, they will be uh, pumping that bass drum sound into the stadium for everybody to hear. 
Yeah, certainly a fan favorite. Um, you know, that was one of those things that just became normal about going to an Indians now Guardians game was And just, I will say this, if if you've ever been to an Indians or Guardians game, you know exactly what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Like whether you're you're a fan of the team or not, you know exactly what we're talking part, about. It's it became such a part of the experience. Yeah. Um, you know, just an incredible legacy. I mean, this would have been um or this was his 50th season as an Indians Guardians fan. Um more than 3700 games in his lifetime. Uh, and in, in August, he was actually the 12th person to be inducted into the team's distinguished Hall of Fame for non-team members. So um, it's a bronze drum and a uh, bleacher seat that were moved to Heritage Park in his honor. So just uh, Which is a pretty awesome uh, 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 sculpture. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, memorial. Memorial, it. yeah, uh, it's 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 really cool. So check um, that out if you get a chance. Yeah, just just a, a good guy. Um, seen a lot. Three All Star games, eleven playoff series, three World Series, and uh, Len Barker's perfect game. So yeah. when you think about just a, a life well lived and doing what you love, uh, this guy was it, man. Yep. So he he definitely will be missed this season and every season going forward. But his bass drum will continue to be played over those speakers. Um, with that being said, spring training does open for the Guardians this month, this coming month. Uh, February 17th. It's already here. I know, it's crazy. February 17th, pitchers and catchers report. Everyone else reports for the fu- first full squad workout on February 21st. And then the first spring game is against the Reds on February 25th. So it's almost time. Almost time. For the Guardians. My, uh, mi madre. Let's go, guards. Mi madre. Let's go, guards. <laughs> Let's go, guards. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. Mi madre um, asked me yesterday, she's asked if she could be a sidekick when we talk about the guards on the show. Is she passionate? She's like, I'm the biggest Indians fan of all time. And did like, you tell her that's not their name anymore, <laughs> so you can't be that big of a fan? She's, she's, she loves her baseball, but I was like, I don't really, we don't really have sidekicks. Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe we'll do a mom's day, because my mom actually is, is a huge Guardians fan as well. Let's so. just, we'll write the outline and let them do the show. That might... We could get some views. <laughs> All right. So uh, don't forget, call into the Burning River Sportscast Hot Take Hotline. Uh, call in. Talk to us about anything. Cavs, Guardians, Browns. We want to hear it all. What do you have a problem with? What do you want to see next year? What do you want to see this year? Do you want us to win? Do you want us to lose? You just let us know. Do you want us to lose? Uh, 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. Call us now. Um, and with that, we will take a quick revenue break, and then we'll come back here, and we'll talk about the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, the newest craft distillery in Northeast Ohio. Located in Akron and family owned, Towpath Distillery focuses on high quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Topaz lineup includes an ultra-smooth award-winning premium vodka, a small-batch silver rum made from the highest-grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Topath Distillery. Visit topath-distillery.com to find an agency near you where the spirits are available and ask your local bartender and restaurateur. Topath Distillery. Handcrafted. Small-batch. 
local and family owned. How how smooth? Ultra smooth. <laughs> Sound like you were picking up a bag of grain. <laughs> All right. Ultra. I had, I had something in my throat there that I couldn't get out while I was reading that. Um, all right, up next, we got the NFL Conference Championship Recap. All right, so we'll start this thing off with the AFC Championship. You had the Bengals at the Chiefs. Uh, this was a good game to watch. This was a good game to watch. <laughs> That's hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> this was this was good. Uh, <laughs> the Bengals and the Chiefs both played well in this one. Um, and they're, they're, you know, I'm going to call this out right away because I know this was like the hot topic coming out of the game is there were some questionable calls against the Bengals. Uh, there was like a clock stoppage, a no holding call. The the Chiefs were given an extra down at one point, um, and there was a few more. Uh, and I'm no no conspiracy guy, but it really seemed like the NFL wanted the Chiefs to go to the go to the Super Bowl here. Well, I say just like the LeBron thing. I think there's a lot more people with money on the game now than there used to be. So I think there's these, a lot more people paying attention. There's a lot more people paying attention, and when things don't go your way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you want a reason why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, the, here's the thing, though, and, and this is why I say, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, is they can say that there was bad calls against the Bengals all they want, but really what cost the Bengals, no one play ever costs you the game, but what cost them the game. It was pretty close. Yeah, this is about as close as it gets, was the final play uh, before the, the game-winning field goal by the Chiefs when uh, the defensive end <laughs> hit Pat Mahomes while he was going out of bounds for, for God knows what reason. And he knows it was a bad mistake. And, and Oh, yeah. I mean, you feel terrible for that guy because he knows it. As too. soon as he did it. And like it, it wasn't even like an egregious one. Pat Mahomes sold it. Uh, but it was and enough. He was clearly out of bounds. Oh, yeah. It was definitely enough for a penalty. You can't hit it. You can't. Even if you're just shoving a guy, you can't shove him when he's out of bounds, especially yeah. a quarterback, especially Patrick Mahomes, especially Patrick Mahomes when he's got a high ankle sprain. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. I'll say Patrick Mahomes played like he didn't have a high ankle sprain. Um, he was phenomenal. <laughs> you can hardly tell except for those few times that he did take off and run. Yeah, I mean, he didn't He didn't have the same kind of mobility that he had, but it didn't seem to affect him throwing the ball. Um, so he played phenomenal. Um, and watching this game, like you said, it was a really, uh, was a good game to watch. And it was almost Solid like, game. it was like when you pick a movie on Netflix and you're really into it. And then like the whole thing was a dream. It's just like a <laughs> real terrible ending. Um, because we were robbed by, uh, Onassis or whatever his name was that, that hit Pat Mahomes out of bounds because, I, at that point, that would have been a really long field goal, which they could have still made it. But I think oh, they were, you're talking like we a were, 60, wasn't it like a 60, 63 yeah, yard and or it was, something like it was that? Cold there, so like it was it was a long field goal to try and we got send robbed you. of extra football. We got robbed of extra football in a game that was good, a good game that was back and forth to watch. So I was totally disappointed that we didn't get that overtime because it was a, a joy to watch. It was a back and forth game. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll say this: when uh, the Bengals got the ball with like a minute and a half left and proceeded to go three and out. Um, and gave the Chiefs the ball with 30 seconds left. I was like, they're, this is it. They're going to lose. They're going to kick a field goal. This, those are the times that Patrick Mahomes seems to show up, and against all odds, he, he goes just far enough to get you <laughs> that field goal to yeah. win the game. Yeah, so. I mean, look, here's the thing is that um, 
the Bengals were for all the conspiracy theorists out there. Like the Bengals had their their moments. They yeah. had opportunities to win Absolutely. this game. Um, and according to our TikTok comments, like they have a lot of support. So, um, you know, they had yeah. everything going for yeah, them. Yeah, we, we took a big shit on Cincinnati this week in our in in our social medias, and people were not happy about it. More on that later. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, they had everything going for them. I did find interesting in this game, and probably just because of the caliber of the teams, was that um, neither team was able to really run the ball. Um, well, it was almost like they they were content with just being like, it was just we'll air- try it a couple times, but let's just start throwing it. Yeah, I mean, it was just strength on strength football, which it was like you guys um, are good at throwing it, we're good at throwing it. It was fun to watch, but I think what was surprising to me was that the that Joe Mixon got so little work. I mean, he only had eight carries for nineteen <laughs> yeah. yards, especially and, coming off of his one of his best games yeah. as a Bengal, besides right. the five touchdown explosion earlier this year. And I just think in a game like that, where it is strength on strength, like that's the one wrinkle you have that they don't. Yeah. Um, that well, and you start controlling the clock. You start. Well, like, yeah. You know, you right. Keep, you keep so, Patrick Mahomes off the field, uh, especially once they tied the game up in the second half. Like I Zach Taylor caught Kevin Stefanski before the game. I m- must have. So that's why I still don't really trust Zach. Taylor, like I know he's going to be in two Super Bowls, but uh, or no, he's, he's not. He's, not, he's only in one. He's only in one. Don't but I know. I know he went to the Super Bowl last year. But uh, and then the AFC Championship. But I still don't trust the guy because um, that w- that seemed odd. But outside of that, really good game. Yeah, Pat, Pat Mahomes was phenomenal. In the end, in the end, the Bengals lost and are not going to the Super Bowl. We don't care why or how it happened because they play in the AFC North and f them. F them all. So uh, we were both wrong, and we couldn't be happier about it. F all of TikTok. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So that'll take us over to the NFC Championship. 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles. Look, once Brock Purdy got hurt, this game was pretty much a snooze fest. Um, yeah, and even a, when they brought in uh, what's his face, the old the old Brown, Brown's former great Josh Johnson. Yeah, when they brought in Josh Johnson, he didn't do much, uh, and he went down shortly after with a concussion. And Christian McCaffrey was your quarterback for God's sake. So, <laughs> and he was throwing to nobody. Like, have you you know the the clip in um, uh, shit Adam Sandler movie? What's that? Uh, uh, Water boy? No. Oh, where they're in jail. Uh, playing football. Oh, longest yard. Longest yard. <laughs> Where he's like, I want to be, why can't I be quarterback? And he's like, here, hit me. And he throws it way over his head. That was Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> now, one, now sit down and shut up. The one pass either. I don't even, I mean, there was nobody. He just, that's the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> that was, <laughs> um, that was, but yeah. So, I mean, on top of that, their quarterback woes when, when Purdy went down and Purdy, by the way, Came across today, complete tear of his UCL. So never good when you tear a CL. Never looking, good. They said that he's looking at a six month recovery. So. You never want that CL news. Yeah, I mean, watch you know in real time as you're watching the game and you're going, you know, like how bad can you be hurt? It's the NFC Championship, and for them to, I mean, well, I mean they, I'll, I'll even this. when he had to come back in the game, yeah. like they were not going to let him throw the ball. That was. Uh, I have so much. I, I was already pretty amazed by what Brock Purdy's been able to do this year before this. But after that game, I'm just kind of in awe of that guy that he even went back out on the field, especially knowing today that he had a complete tear of his UCL. And he's, he still was like, yeah, I can barely hold the football, but I'm going I'm to go out there and give it a go. Yeah, I mean, g- gamesmanship for sure. Um, and just fortitude by that guy. But Also, what does that say about Christian McCaffrey? Like, I know he's a phenomenal athlete, but you're that bad that a guy with no arm is better than you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you kind of just feel bad for the 49ers because they've had they had such a good run and they had a good season an something like that well they had a good season and you literally were down to your third string quarterback and, and still just that dominated. still was working and like you get to the final game before the Super Bowl and it just it, it's over I mean yeah. you lose both quarterbacks in that game go down with injury uh, yeah. and you're down to your running back as your quarterback so on top of their woes on their side of the ball uh, for offense uh, Jalen Hurts on the other side did whatever he wanted in this game and the Eagles in general I mean they, yeah, they ran the ball all over whenever they wanted um, and to be fair the 49ers defense was completely run down because uh, they they were literally on the field the entire game, entire because game. The, after those quarterbacks were gone they couldn't I mean, they just they just were out there all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Eagles win easy, thirty-one to seven. Kenny was right; I was wrong. I didn't see Brock Purdy and this was Josh a, Johnson. This was <laughs> a disa- disappointing game to yeah, watch because was just, I was looking forward to the matchup. I, I thought, wish this would have been the later game so I could have went to bed earlier. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the better game out of the two, and um, it just ended up being a snooze fest because of the injuries. So, really unfortunate. Congrats to the Eagles. Um, still trash city. Um, uh, damn. Hey, real quick. This just in. Uh, uh, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley died today. Oh, no. That's just another in a long line of celebrities (laughs) that have died this year. Name another. Uh, (laughs) I do this to you every time, and it's always terrible. Uh, But, yeah, another celebrity goes down. That feels bad. Feels bad. Um, We'll we'll do our Laverne and Shirley tribute next week. (laughs) Yeah, anyways, uh, updated playoff picture here. The best segment of the week. I'm just laughing because you love this segment. So, uh, the AFC champs are the Chiefs this year. The Bengals have been eliminated. Eliminated. And the NFC champs are the Eagles. The 49ers have been eliminated. So, Super Bowl 57, Heinz 57 has been set. Okay. (laughs) Chiefs versus Eagles in Glendale, Arizona. Let's go. Yeah, this is I love Super Bowl, love Super Bowl week. You know, the week, even the week leading up to it, just because yeah. the the pageantry, the interviews, the questions, just everything. One so, um, day the Browns will be there. The most most glorious thing of all times. It's just everything on ESPN. Like it's it's football twenty four seven leading up till the game. Fair, um, I love it. So love that. Uh, wish wish we were there. So that feels bad, but I think this will be a good game. Um, yeah, you know, we I will make our predictions and stuff next week, but do you have early thoughts on advantage one way or the other? I like the Chiefs. Yeah. Just because <laughs> they've been there before. They've been there before. Um I, I know the Eagles are on an impressive run, but I think the Eagles have had a much easier road to get there. Um the Chiefs, uh, because they've been up against, you know, they had this close game against the Bengals, faced a little bit of adversity with Patrick Mahomes ankle, that type of thing. Um, and they've been there before, like you said. I mean, I just think experience really does play a part when it comes to Super Bowls, uh, and I, I like the Chiefs. Yeah. And there's and this can't be overstated uh, enough. Patrick Mahomes has two weeks to heal. So <laughs> true, yeah. true. He also has two weeks to re-injure it. They he'll probably be in a boot the entire two weeks. What so. if he falls down his steps? He might. What if he's doing a TikTok dance with Brittany and Jackson Mahomes? He might, but Jalen Hurts might do a TikTok dance and re-injure his, his shoulder, and then where are we going? What be? if he gets the stanky leg? I don't know what that means, but I, <laughs> uh, as much as we love the Super Bowl, let's uh, change gears here, and we're gonna we're gonna get our thoughts on the Pro Bowl. 
Does this have its own sounder? Uh, you put it in all caps, so it is just. Uh, is, I figured it was a sounder. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess this is like one of those you only have it, this segment once a year. Just the Pro Bowl. So no sounder. No, we'll do a sounder. All right, sounder. Uh, Pro Bowl. Um, so yeah, so uh, like Kenny mentioned, the Super Bowl preview will be next week. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about the event coming this weekend, which is the Pro Bowl, or as it is now <laughs> called, the Pro Bowl Games. Uh, <laughs> so Kenny, uh, I'm going to let you lead this one. I know that you you kind of um, you were our our resident. Uh, guy that, that learned all about the new formats uh in in all the games that the pro bowl has to offer so i just i just want to know what what you have to say about the pro bowl and, and what's going on there should we just skip this segment and go home um <laughs> i mean i don't think anybody really cares but i do have some details that we just run through them fast this is gonna be quick um, rapid fire clearly the old pro bowl was a liability for players to engage in and so this will be our first crack at the new format, as Ronnie stated, Pro Bowl games, question mark. So stupid. Um, because there won't be an actual football game. Well, there will be a flag football game. But, <laughs> so excited. Uh, but even that. I'm excited. Woo! But even, but even that has its own wrinkles. So um, real quick, because um, I think this is of note anyway. So we've had the Pro Bowl historically was in Hawaii, which was a nice so much better for a lot of the players. And they moved it to Orlando. That's what all the players um, say, too. They're like, when it was in Hawaii, like, I wanted to go. Yeah. Now that it's not. It's kind of like something go, extra like, to play for. Like, great. It's, it's, what is it? Where is it this year? Nevada, uh, so yeah, I was gonna get there, but you did. That's well, fine. I'm just saying, like, they're just um, like it's just a normal place. I don't want to well, go there. I mean, Las Vegas though is exponentially cooler than Orlando. That's fair, but it's still it's, like somewhere that they could like, and it's warmer. Like, even though they're rich and stuff, like they don't just go to Hawaii all the time. Well, like, true. And you would think that as long as we played the Pro Bowl in Hawaii, that the NFL would have like heavily invested in that stadium down there. I mean, that was part of the reason. Like that stadium was unsafe for an event that size. Yeah. Um, that the NFL couldn't have come up with money it. to I mean, help build a new stadium. Like they could have built like a stadium like Infocision in Akron. Yeah, like the the NFL pays for anything on their own. Yeah, that's true. They count on the taxpayer. Um, you know it. There's no tax base in Hawaii for a new stadium. Yeah. Fair. But I digress. Um, Pro Bowl. We're talking so, about the Pro Bowl. Yes, here. the Pro Bowl is in Las Vegas or I guess in Paradise Nevada technically um, at the Raiders Allegiant Stadium um, voting ended on December 21st so Ronnie went through the Browns that are in earlier um, but all the rosters are pretty much set now given the conclusion of the conference championship games because there were a number of guys that um, you know, were in you the Pro Bowl that won't be now. Yeah, you don't find out who actually is playing until after the championship, the conference championship games. Yeah, because it's very watered down now um, that we have alternates and alternates to alternates and alternates to alternates. So not only is it um, not a prize to go to Hawaii anymore, you're also like just the fifth man that that was good enough to be available. Still counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, is, I mean, it does still count for like Hall of Fame, right? Like that's the one Wyatt Teller, he got one. They'll be like, well, he was a 10-time. Not time. talking down Wyatt Teller. He should have got one anyways, but he got one. <laughs> he was a 10-time Pro Bowl. Second, second year in a row. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the points are made up and the games don't matter. Um, <laughs> but but um, yeah. This will be, I'm sure, the NFL is going to roll out the red carpet for this thing. This will be... 
They're going to make you so excited for the least exciting football game you've ever seen in your whole life. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be, I think it's the second and the fifth. And Um, I think that the NFL is the only organization that thinks this thing's going to (laughs) work. Like everyone else, like I talk to people and they're like, it's a flag football game. There's there's more. We're going to get to it in a second. Sorry, I'm just, Um, I'm so turned down for this thing. (laughs) But... I, let, who are let, the coaches? Let's let's start with that. Let's start with the fact that Peyton and Eli, that part's pretty cool, are always fun to watch. Are the coaches of these teams? That um, part is pretty cool. But did you see the promo that they cut? Where they're talking about this is going to be such an awesome flag football game. Like this is what the they used to play in their backyards when they were younger. And did it like yeah? Uh, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like I said, it's a, we can skip this, you know? No, keep going. Um, this is great. Okay, uh, real quick. Again, they're going to roll out the red carpet. They're gonna, you know, Herb Street's going to be there. McAfee, RG3, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge, Ryan Clark, Orlovsky. Orlovsky's one of those guys that's come on as, like, sneaky funny, um, funny and guy. clever yeah. uh, in yeah. over the last couple of years. He's got a lot so. to say. He's coming to his own. I think it, it took um, him some time to... To, to like grow it, into his role. Ever since he ran backwards out of the end zone, like now he's he's <laughs> he's, uh, he's no longer known as that. He's <laughs> I mean, it's still a little bit, but <laughs> uh, look, I, I like Rolavsky. I think uh, I like a lot of his takes. So, um, but here's where things get interesting because this will be a multi-day event out in Las Vegas, and um, it will be a combination of skills competitions. And the flag football game that Ronnie keeps dumping on. Um, (laughs) And it will have a cumulative score to determine the winner of said Pro Bowl games. So it's not just the game, the Pro Bowl flag football game that matters here, because the points that you earn in your skills competitions are actually going to be um, a part of the flag football game on Sunday. So here's how this works. Uh, The winning conference of each skill competition earns three points towards their team's overall score with total of 24 points available across the eight skills events. Um, The winning conference from each of the first two flag football games on Sunday will earn six points for their team for a total of 12 available points. And then points from the skills competitions in the first two flag football games are then added together. This is important, added together, and will be the score at the beginning of the third and final flag football game, which will determine the winning conference for the Pro Bowl games. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, talk about taking something that, like, you're going to have trouble getting people interested in anyways. Make it as convoluted <laughs> as you possibly freaking can and just lose everybody and say, why are we starting like I don't know what the hell the score would be? Why are we starting like eleven to seven? Uh, that's probably not an actual score, but like, why are we starting with these random scores? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you just ran through that, and the only reason that I have any idea what's going on, <laughs> going on is because it's actually written on the screen in front of me. Not if you would have just said it, I would have been completely lost. So the people that are driving in their cars right now. Oh yeah, they're like, what the hell did that guy just malaise. say? The fuck? Uh, <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, Let's try to finish this up as quick as possible. Um, Events in the skills challenge. (laughs) Is this one literally called the Epic Pro Bowl Dodgeball presented by Bud Light? Yes, that is actually what it's called. Oh, God. So a multi-round classic dodgeball tournament. Um, That's how you know they're desperate to get you excited when they had to 
add epic to their titles. <laughs> epic dodgeball, man. Um, lightning round. This is like a catching competition. They'll do some different catches, jug machine and stuff. Um, longest drive. You can watch some players play top golf, I guess. That sounds like a lot of fun. This is actually probably going to be the most exciting one of all of them is the long drive. Um, because there's, I know there's some athletes out there uh, on the football field that can just bomb it. Here's the thing. I don't think this is going to be that exciting. And you know why? Because these guys are There's also a lot of bad golfers. These guys aren't golfers. So even the guys that... Everybody knows the guys like, I can hit it 300. Okay. Well, that guy hits it straight about one out of every 300 times. So um, these guys that are going to be just just absolutely annihilating the golf ball are probably never going to have a ball that even lands in whatever their grid is to measure these guys. I mean, hell, if you watch a long drive competition, those guys hit it about half the time. They need to just use TrackMan and say, wherever this goes, we're measuring it. <laughs> you could hit it 370 yards that way. I don't care. I mean, here's the thing. You and I like golf. We have a history and we used to work in golf. So I think this is something that is appealing to us but if you're the casual fan and you don't really watch golf like and you don't care about the pga tour and live golf and all this stuff are you excited to watch four football players play top golf probably not probably not um how about this one this one's gonna be super exciting precision passing presented by ea sports madden nfl 23 mobile um you're just gonna watch <laughs> the mobile version make sure that you get that in there you're just gonna watch a couple of quarterbacks play um, an accuracy competition inside of Madden. Great. Um, wait, wait, <laughs> did you just say inside of Madden? Oh, is it not in Madden? <laughs> I thought it was a Madden 23 competition. I thought they were playing video games. No, it's not a video game. It's a real competition, a real quarterback <laughs> oh. competition, throwing at targets, oh. moving targets and stuff. Well, that's cool. I guess. Robotic um, dummies that are zooming across the field. I thought they were digital robotic dummies. No, that would have been even funnier. It would have <laughs> fit better with the overall game so far, but go on. Uh, best catch. So I think this is going to now be the NFL's Actually. version of the dunk competition, and it's yeah. going to extend both days. They're going to have the first round on Thursday and then the final round on Sunday, I think. I feel like best catch competition, you will get some like pretty epic, like, you know, dragging your feet inbounds and like some crazy like Odell Beckham style catches. But I think you're also going to get a lot of really corny, just dumbass catches out of this. <laughs> um, like where they're trying to do tricks and stuff and it's just dumb. Yeah. I mean, how many tricks? Like, I don't know. Like the dunk contest doesn't really excite me that much anymore because ultimately they're just throwing a ball in hoop. But, um, but I digress. So they will have this uh, best catch um, competition that will be their dunk competition. Uh, they will have a gridiron gauntlet, which is a side by side relay race. Um, <laughs> so that should be fun. Um, Do the people have to be fast in this, or will they put somebody like one of these quarterbacks that has like a five flat uh, forty in this? Or are they going to be in it too? I don't know exactly because this is like a multi like component gauntlet where like some of it's like a blocking sled or like running under uh, like obstacles and stuff. So so. It uh, they might have like one lineman on each team for like pushing the blocking sled. I don't know. Um, and then finally, probably the most exciting game of all. Um, oh, wait, sorry. I skipped one. Move the change. Uh, for, this, that's not the most exciting that's, one. That's not it. Uh, they're going to pull heavy things. Um, cool. 10 yards as quickly as possible. 
cool. Using first down chains. That sounds great. Uh, this is probably the, like, in, ter- in terms of just, like, does this fit the format? Is this something that you would watch? Is kick-tack-toe. Um, you know, very punny. <laughs> I'm actually um, a fan of this one. This one sounds really cool. <laughs> where kickers and long snappers will compete in a tic-tac-toe competition. If I'm not mistaken, because I've seen this elsewhere, it's literally, don't they put, like, a like a tic-tac-toe board up in the field goal? Uh, yes. And then you, they have to kick it. And I don't know if it's going to technically be in a field goal post, but yes, that's, that's the general idea. They're playing a game yeah. of tic-tac-toe with kicking the ball. Um, so like when you think about just like skills competitions in general for these this guys, one is that, that one actually, this one fun. actually kind of makes sense. Like, and the old like quarterback, you know, you're throwing the ball through the hoops and stuff. I miss like, the good old days when the quarterbacks threw as far as they could. That was a good one. Um, I do fear that this, um, Gridiron Gauntlet is probably to match your terms from earlier a one and dunner here because this sounds like the most dangerous. Um, this is a side <laughs> by side relay showcasing strength, speed, and agility. Six players from each conference compete to see who finishes first. Um, you know, we talked about breakaway walls and climbing over walls, ta- under tables, tire run, blocking sled. So, um, you know, if the whole is one guy busting his head open on a table and it's like, all right, that one's done. Or just the fact that like, I don't know, like a non-contact, like would you do, can you tear your, your CL doing oh, with some yeah. of these, like oh, running yeah. through tires um, in a game that doesn't matter to anyone. So I feel like that's a one and dunner. But anyway, that's the games. I know no one cares. Here's the deal. Uh, I have never been more excited that I cut the cord several years ago because I don't have to sit there and flip to the sports channels and see this plastered all over it for four straight days i mean you have to watch it right because like i mean i'm gonna have to watch it because i i i have a goddamn uh football podcast (laughs) yeah you can't not watch it but i'm just saying like if i choose not to i could not watch it like i could watch it on my terms i don't have to just i want to watch sports and this is all the time i guess so 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 what's that do for you not much okay that was fun (laughs) end of segment (laughs) All right, so that'll take us to a much more exciting segment. This is a new one for this week. We're rolling out Troll Patrol. You're a funny guy. <laughs> funny how? He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? All right, so you may be asking yourself, what the hell's Troll Patrol? What is Troll Patrol? Well, I'll tell you what Troll Patrol is. Troll Patrol is a new segment for us here at the Burning River Sportscast. Um, and it's, I, I actually wrote down Kenny. <laughs> What we're doing here, but I'm going to explain it. Uh, basically, what we're doing is is we're we're scouring our social media as we get pretty good engagement on social media, um, and we just want to highlight some uh, either funny or or clever or uh, just good quips out there on all of our socials. Yeah, so. you won't call the goddamn hot take hotline, but you'll call me fat 16 times a day on TikTok. <laughs> so many people think you're fat on as TikTok. if I don't know that I'm overweight. <laughs> Thank you. He's a big guy. So. <laughs> Without further ado, I'm going to read these off. Kenny, uh, uh, you you chime in and let us know how you felt about them. Because <laughs> they're mostly people calling me fat. <laughs> yeah. So number one here, we've got Phantom Luke 66 on TikTok. Uh, he commented on a, a video that we posted uh, just shitting all over the city of Cincinnati. Just like we just dumped on him hard. Because it's not a cool place to go. Especially Kenny. I, I said I wasn't going to really bash the city, but Kenny was like, no, I am. They're, they're the worst city in Look, I've been been there several times and it's just a miserable place to go anyway I'm, that's, I'm, gonna that's double, I'm gonna double down 
Phantom Luke 66. So, so uh, his comment, Phantom Luke 66 <coughs> on TikTok says, wow, Cincinnati is great. I'm not a Bengals fan, but I hope the Bills fall off because of this guy. Kentucky is great, too. Mind you, Kenny was wearing a DeMar Hamlin jersey in the last episode. In, so, in tribute to something that we've all yeah, agreed is so, bigger than football. Yeah, supported his charity. Um, you know, we wanted to, to make sure that we touched on that and, and let everybody know that, like you said, bigger than football. So I said that back to him. I told him, no Buffalo fans in this clip. <laughs> and he came back with, yeah, but there's a lot of cholesterol, though. <laughs> and I just had to give it to him. I just I just went back to him and said, fair. That was that was definitely the uh, retort of the week. Yeah, so that was so that was a good, pretty good one. Good job, So fan, good, fan good on you, Phantom Luke 66. <laughs> uh, next one up, we've got Straw Hat Luffy underscore 91 on tiktok this might be the best part of our show is reading these people's <laughs> names more entertaining than we are um he commented and said bro big mad in a bills jersey who even is this guy <laughs> and then crinkle cuts came in and said a nobody to which i responded yet you took the time to comment which is so true i just don't understand all these people that are like i don't care about these guys they're nobody well, what are you doing on our stop like, stop their day and tell us how they feel so uh straw hat luffy 91 and crinkle cuts Thanks for the view and thanks for the engagement. We appreciate it. Um, I thought this one was funny. Uh, Bowling Funko on TikTok came in and said it has it, it was a typo, but he says it has the best bowling alley yeah. for Cincinnati. Here's the thing: can we proofread these tweets or these whatever comes out? It have the best bowling alley. That, That's besides the point. You're you're trying to come at me, and you're not even literate. <laughs> Alliteration aside. Um, <laughs> No, I, I I wanted to highlight this one because actually Kenny is a big bowling fan. I'm a big bowling fan. So, so. I, I thought bowling, he would, I thought he would appreciate this comment. Like a good a good bowling alley is hard to find nowadays. <laughs> that's that's so. true. Bowling Funko and I probably would get along more than Bowling Funko knows. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and then next up we've got I'm gonna I'm gonna flip these next two. So uh, Rup the Pug three one six on TikTok said Cleveland is basically Michigan. To which I replied, he spelled Toledo wrong, because in case this idiot doesn't know, <laughs> we're Cleveland's nowhere, way closer we're nowhere near Michigan. to Pennsylvania than it is Michigan. Like, we're not even close to Michigan. <laughs> I don't... He must not. Have, he must have went to field high school and not had geography. Illiterate and no geography. Yeah, so... And then finally, we've got Ed Meek via Facebook. He told us, don't tell fans... Uh, they are not fans. This was in, in reaction to us saying you shouldn't root for a division rival. Correct. Yeah. Like, cause there's a lot of in case anyone's living under a rock. There's a lot of, uh, Browns fans that were jumping <coughs> ship and rooting for the Bengals last week. So he said, don't tell fans. They are not fans, to which I replied, <laughs> don't root for division rivals. <laughs> and he came back with, first of all, I didn't second. Don't tell me what to do. And third kiss my ass <laughs> to which I replied, Ed Meek, sir, that's an all-day job, bro, and we ain't got the time. <laughs> so those that that has been Troll Patrol. These are the comments of the week. We thought they were pretty funny. Keep them coming. We like it when you guys go at us. Yeah, this is this that's is fun. This is fun. Look, I think we didn't get into to, to the uh, the podcasting and the social media game thinking that nobody was going to take a <laughs> shot at us. So, some of you might hate us and truly wish us ill will, but um, I think for the most part, like a lot of this was in good nature and yeah, fun. So. Yeah. So we picked these out because we thought they were funny. Yep. Um, and so this we, is actually one we of my favorite parts. About appreciate what we the do. engagement. Um, you know, with with anyone that listens to our shows or our clips. Um, and uh, you know, for all those out there, like I said, just to reiterate, like I know I'm fat. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Bills fan. 
Um, but Cincinnati is a trash city, and uh, Philly is a scum city as well because they killed Hitchbot. So, yeah, I didn't even put that guy in here. Some guy claimed that Hitchbot wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he's, he claimed that we were part of the like uh, the uh, Illuminati yeah. media because yeah. we said <laughs> Philly killed Hitchbot, uh, the the city that has to grease their light poles because people can't stay off of them after they win a football game. Good talk, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this might be one of my favorite parts about what we do is I just like the interaction, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I just I just like hearing what people have to say about what we have to say. Well, so. I think at the heart of it, right? Like this is what this is this is what this is all about, right? Yeah. Is is the human connection that sports brings you. And you're right. Like this is this is the fun part. Getting to actually interact with somebody outside of your ugly mug. Um, God, I hate talking to you all day. It's terrible. <laughs> it's fun. So appreciate the comments. Thanks for the burns. Thanks for the rips. Um, and for those of you that actually respect us and told us we did a good job, we appreciate you too. Yeah. So um, going from the internet to the phone lines, uh, we want to remind you one more time to call the Burning River Sportscast Hot Take Line. 330-227-8080. Oh, we're doing the hot take hotline thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh hotline. Just bling. just say the number. Uh three zero two two seven eight zero eight zero. You have to excuse my friend. He's a little slow. Sorry, there's uh, a lot going on. I'm running a lot of machines here. Yeah, call us though. Tell Pe- us what people you are think. calling me fast. What are your opinions about the Browns? What are your opinions about the Guardians? What are your opinions about the Cavs? What are your opinions about Kenny's weight? You know, just let us know. We want to know what you what you have to say. Hit me with your diet tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dietitian needed. I have a piece of broccoli once in a while, man. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> Anyways, Kenny, what can we expect next week? Because that'll do it for this show. Uh, 330227. Oh, no, sorry. It's the wrong bit. <laughs> wrong bit. Uh, <laughs> um, so we will watch this uh, atrocity that's going to be the Pro Bowl games. The Hunger Games. <laughs> now that would be exciting. So They just had the Hunger Games with the NFL players. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Now we're talking. That would be good. And in order to minimize casualties, just the first one to die loses. <laughs> Everybody else wins. That's how you win. What did you win? Your life. <laughs> Your life. Uh, so we will react to the Pro Bowl. Hopefully something funny happens. Someone's dong falls out. I don't know. Something good. Um, <laughs> and, then will... <laughs> and then we will. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully my pneumonia goes away by then. Uh, and then we will get into the nitty-gritty of the Super Bowl and preview that, break down all the matchups, and we will, of course, bring you the Burning River Rundown featuring all Browns news, including pending free agent discussions and other local sports news. Nice. (laughs) Thanks. I like that. Uh, So on social media, make sure you check us out. Tap in media is on (laughs) Facebook and Twitter at the tap in media and on Instagram at tap in media official. And Burning River Sportscast, that is this podcast. I'm, we are awake. On, I'm awake now. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast, and on Twitter at Burning River Pod. So, go listen to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, and so many more. And Kenny, What's it time for? It is time for Facts for Days. What do you got for us? Let's let me sound to play. Oh, we got a sounder for that? 
Oh yeah. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't got nothing today. No facts. No. No just, facts. That's it. Oops. Just kidding. I wouldn't leave you all with no facts because that would just be mean. Um, so who's ready for the first fact? Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Okay. Uh, so the human brain oh, has boy. an estimated storage capacity of 256 exabytes. That's two and a half billion gigabytes, basically. Whoa. <laughs> um, that's the equivalent of 1.2 billion average hard drives in your computer. 256 exabytes. Yet, sometimes... <laughs> I'm silent over here. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> sometimes we forget what we had for breakfast, where we're going when we're driving, <laughs> and just basic math. <laughs> because there are glitches in the computer. Yeah, so next time your phone isn't working right or your laptop's running slow or it's not working as expected, like give it a break because um, you know, we have way more going on in our brains than they do and um, we don't get it right most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> more often than not. Uh, <laughs> speaking of big brains. Oh boy, this sounds good. <laughs> Nick Cage, my favorite actor. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Oh, everybody knows my favorite actor is John Goodman, but oh, um, greatest Ni- American actor of all time, Nicholas Cage. Me. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman is the greatest American actor of all time. Fight me right now. He was Fred Flintstone, uh, Flintstones, Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski um, Roseanne, Arachnophobia, Arachnophobia. Yeah, is all the hits? Um, Evan Almighty. We'll save John Goodman for another day because we could do a whole show on just men. I could it, literally do a whole in show in the on off John season. We might just do a whole John Goodman show. So stay tuned for the John Goodman show. Johnny G fans, get ready. We'll just do our whole. We'll just do a whole show on our Mount Rushmore of actors. Just shut up and give me more facts. Led by John Goodman, um, Nick Nick Cage, uh, big time actor, right? Yeah. Um, okay. He's he's known to have a proclivity to spend money on a lot of things um you know in his career he's been known to buy beach houses um a castle a bunch of yachts he's had over 50 cars a jet okay an island um those are pretty cool things he's also had some uncommon assets Um, like like he's a collector of dinosaur skulls and exotic animals. So okay. he might have like a megalodon tooth. Megalod- megalodon. This just sounds about right for Nicholas. King. So go on. <laughs> um, two King Cobras that cost uh, almost $300,000. Um, but right. most unique of all, he owned an octopus that he named Cool. That he bought for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. How did octopi come up again in this and <laughs> this he, podcast? He claimed he claimed that this octopus, cool, made him a better actor. How so? Oh, that's unclear. <laughs> <laughs> you were baiting me, weren't you? <laughs> you wanted me to ask the question. Nobody knows, but it made him a better actor. <laughs> I said, look, it's his words, not mine. Um, he, Again, he, this sounds like something Nick Cage would say. He never went into to depth or detail. The, Nick Cage, How? the man of many expressions. Can you do like a, like just put like four or five pictures God. of his crazy faces up there? I hate montages. They take so much work. <sighs> Enjoy the montage. <laughs> this is going to be so good though. If you're driving in your car, you'll have to wait for the YouTube clip to hit. All my Nick Cage is here. You're still going up there. 
Many <laughs> You're Nick, the one making it longer Nick than Cages. it. I said do four or five. You're doing All like the Nick Cages. All right, what um, else you got? And then finally. 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 Um, this is maybe the most mind-blowing fact of the day. Of all days. Of all your days. <laughs> You've got my attention. I'm going to have more than your attention in a minute. Um, that sounds sexual. The density of the average human being is 985 kilograms per cubic meter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And metric system. Humans are almost entirely what? Water. Water. Which has a density of 1,000 kilograms per cubic meter. Okay. That being said, the average human weighs 62 kilograms. So, you could technically squeeze about 16 humans into a cubic meter <laughs> if you smushed them all together. Okay. Okay. So, like, imagine you had a people blender. <laughs> I'd rather not imagine I had a people blender. <laughs> you, have a, you have a people blender, you have a really big blender, you're just tossing people in. <laughs> You'd be the first to go. Yeah, you can, to hell with you. You can toss 16 people in before you make one. Can I just toss 16 use in? <laughs> one cubic meter of, of mass, right? Okay. Uh, so, therefore, if there are 7.88 billion people in the world, yeah. you could mathematically squeeze all the people in the entire world into your blender into 496 million cubic meters. That sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Sounds pretty big. Sounds pretty big. Um, the volume of a sphere, a thousand meters across, a thousand meters, is 523 million cubic meters. So the point of this whole equation is that if you took all the humans on the planet, threw them into a blender, smashed them into a meatball. <laughs> this is getting graphic. That meatball would fit. <laughs> it would literally be a meatball. <laughs> would fit inside of Central Park in New York. Whoa. That's roughly. It'd have to be a thousand meters tall too though. So It's a sphere. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Well. It's, a, it's a big meatball. <laughs> but I mean, it's still a mind-blowing fact. But relatively, you could fit all of the people in the world all of them into basically a pinhead on the earth's surface. It's incredible. (laughs) It's the world's largest meatball. If you stood all the people next to each other, isn't the saying for that one that you can fit them all inside of the state of Texas? Oh yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, you could actually do more than that. You can actually give them like a, a boundary in a place that they could like live. Like you could build them like a small townhouse. Build me a small dog house. (laughs) Now what I want you to do is build me a small dog house. I'm bored by famine. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I need you to build me a small doghouse. <laughs> and I don't know if I can find that clip. Um, <laughs> maybe Nick Cage has it. Uh, but you can actually like give everybody a homestead in the state of Texas, and there'd be enough room. But uh, but most most people don't know that. But what and but they but what's what's scarier though is that a meatball made of humans fits in Central Park. Like not all of Central Park, just in Central like across. <laughs> that is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> But if you had a meatball made of humans, that would be a problem. And if you're going to be a, par- a problem, don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. <laughs> and only you can prevent river fires. 
<laughs> Play the clip. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but the... <laughs> Burning River Sportscast. The Burning River, 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 Burning River. Just, you know how you tell the story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tony. I almost had him. I almost had him. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Topath Rum. Silver rum made from the highest grade molasses. Distilled three times in a copper pot still, this rum is designed to be the backbone of a great cocktail. So good, you can drink it by itself. Topath Rum. Yum.